Hi, I'm Pastor DeAndre J. Cross Sr., the pastor teacher of the St. John Baptist Church of Belle Place, Louisiana. Thank you for joining me today on the Renewing Your Mind podcast. Let's go into the sanctuary of the St. John Baptist Church and hear today's message. For the time that is ours to share on today, I want to label today's message, Keep Pressing Forward. Keep Pressing Forward. The Boston Marathon is considered by many to be the second largest race in the North American continent, next to the New York Marathon. Each year, spectators come from miles around to experience this amazing phenomenon. And on April 19th, 2014, more than 36,000 runners hit the pavement for the 118th Boston Marathon following the tragic events of the bombings at the previous year's race in which three people were killed and many were wounded this particular race was filled with emotion a young woman named Celeste Corcoran who had lost both legs in the explosion the previous year returned to participate in this year's race. While she did not finish the 2013 race because of the bombing, she was able to finish the 2014 race with a smile on her face. And in an interview after the race, Celeste admits that she got tired along the way and the process was grueling. But she said what helped her most is that when she could not go any further, somehow she got her second win. And life is like that. It's a long distance run and its winners are those who endure to the end. However, like runners in a race, we can become weary, desire to stop, throw in the towel, and just give up. It is then that we too, like Celeste, must find our second win so that we can keep pressing forward to the finish. In our text today, Paul uses an intense running analogy to describe the Christian life. Having described his passionate, all-consuming desire in verse number 10 to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, he now tells the Philippians that he's not stagnating, he's not slowing down, but rather he's still running hard after Christ. And our text today is telling to teach us what needs to happen in order for you and I to keep pushing forward to the finish. If you and I are going to keep pushing forward to the finish, then first of all, there must be a humble evaluation. A humble evaluation. Verse, verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Our text today begins with Paul giving a humble yet honest evaluation or assessment of where he is on his Christian journey. Paul begins by saying, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Paul here is acknowledging the fact that he has not yet arrived. Paul says, I am not perfect. I have not made it as a Christian. And he realizes that he has a long way to go on his Christian journey and he shares it honestly with the Philippians because he doesn't want it to come across to them as if he is one who has already arrived or that he was better than anyone else. And therefore, he says to them, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. And what an humble evaluation. I have not arrived yet. Truth is, if anyone had a reason to brag and boast, it was Paul. I mean, after all, this is Paul that we're talking about. The same Paul who was circumcised on the eighth day. The same Paul who was of the stock of Israel. The same Paul who was of the tribe of Benjamin. The same Paul who was a Hebrew of Hebrews and concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, a persecutor of the church, concerning righteousness, blameless. But instead of bragging about those things, in verse 7 he says, I have counted all things lost for Christ. Verse 8. He says, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death and if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead Paul says I'm striving to get there but I am not there yet. And let me just park here for a moment and say, it's hard, no, no, it's, it's almost impossible to get where you're headed in life if you are not willing to admit that you haven't made it there yet. So many of us live our lives in such a way that we give off the false notion that we have already arrived, that we have already achieved perfection, that we have already made it. But if truth be told, none of us are there yet. Francis L. Davis rightly said on one occasion, God can't bring you to where you want to be while you are pretending to be what you are not. 
See, when you pretend that you have arrived, you will begin to think that there is no room for improvement. And so instead of admitting your marriage is in trouble, instead of admitting your career is on the rocks, instead of admitting your children are struggling, instead of admitting your money is funny, instead of admitting you're struggling with alcohol, drugs, and porn addictions, you pretend that you have a perfect marriage, that you have the perfect job, that you have the perfect children, that you have the perfect account that you have the perfect church and that you are the perfect Christian and even though your goal is perfection you have to be willing to admit that I have not arrived there yet Paul Paul here plainly says to us I have not yet attained I, I do not claim that I have already succeeded I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually. Paul, Paul says, Paul says here, I'm not there yet. But look at what he says. I'm not there yet, but I press on that I may lay hold of, that I may capture, that, that I may seize, that I may apprehend, that I may attain that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Paul, Paul was on a mission to get hold of Christ. He knew that Christ was with him and that Christ was in him, but he understood that Jesus Christ had laid hold of him on the Damascus road, but yet there was a deep desire for Paul to lay hold of Christ. Just like Christ has laid hold of him. If you're going to keep pushing forward, there must be a humble evaluation. But secondly, not only must there be a humble evaluation, but, but secondly, if you want to keep pushing forward, there must be a holy determination. A, a holy determination. Look at, look at what Paul says in verse number 13. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul here, he, he reiterates what he has already said in verse number 12. He, he says, I'm not there yet. I'm not where I desire to be. I have not arrived. Now I need you to get this because Paul had accomplished so many things in, in his Christian life. A countless number of people had given their lives to Jesus Christ by Paul's testimony. Churches had been planted and they were growing as a result of Paul's missionary journeys. He inspired many by his preaching and teaching and people were healed of their diseases and they were liberated from their bondage all because of Paul. Paul had an impressive record yet Paul says I do not count myself to have apprehended. That, that word apprehended means uh, to lay hold of it. And of course that it is the full knowledge of Christ. Paul, Paul says when I calculate it all up 
when I can consider all the things that I have done, when, when I calculate it all up, I consider all of that loss because I have not yet laid hold of the full knowledge of Christ. I've done great work, but there is so much more of Christ that needs to be present in my life. And let me park here for a moment and say this, that you cannot substitute your knowledge of Christ or your growth in Christ or your relationship with Christ for your work for Christ. It does not do you any good to work for Christ and not know intimately the Christ to whom you work. I share with our preachers all the time, don't, don't be guilty of knowing the Bible, but not knowing the God of the Bible. And Paul says, I have accomplished a lot, but there is yet so much more of Christ that I want and need in my life. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended brethren, I do not consider myself to have laid hold of it yet. But look at what Paul says next. He says, I'm not there yet, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He, he, he says, he says, one thing I do, one one. one Thing I do. Everything else I do has to take a back seat. But, but there is one priority in my life. There is one thing on my agenda. And what is that one thing? That one thing is to forget what's behind and to reach forward to what's ahead. Paul says, Paul says, you gotta, you gotta forget what's behind you. To forget means to leave behind. It's it's to fail to remember. It means to let slip. It means to neglect. Paul says, you have to leave behind what's behind. <laughs> so often, we focus on what was rather than on what can be. See, what's behind you is your history. But what's ahead of you is your destiny. And so many people never reach their destiny because they are stuck in their history, preach cross. And how do you know if you're stuck in the past? This is how you know if you're stuck in the past. If every time pastor tries to implement a new idea and you say we ain't never done it like that before, you're stuck in the past. If every time you see me and you avoid speaking to me or roll your eyes at me, you're stuck in the past. If you're always talking about how things used to be in the good old days and you consider that to be the best days of your life, you're stuck in the past. If you're constantly wondering about what could have been and it keeps you from living in the present, then guess what? You're stuck in the past. If you're not looking forward to anything and you claim the best days of your life are behind you, then you are stuck in the past. And if you don't have any plans for the future, then you are stuck in the past. 
interesting. If he has moved on with his life and got married and got some children and doing good for himself, but you still talking about how no good he is, then baby, you are stuck in the past. Now, now I'm not saying forget everything in your past because some things you need to remember because there are some valuable lessons in it. But what I am saying is, if you spend all your time today thinking about yesterday, then you will ruin your tomorrow. And when today looks too long at yesterday, you are borrowing from tomorrow's possibilities. Have I got a witness here? Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday is like the rear view mirror on your car. The rear view mirror shows you what's behind you. Now you need, you need a rear view mirror, but you only need a rear view mirror to glance in, not to live in. You don't move forward by focusing on a rear view mirror. No, you move forward by focusing on the windshield. See, if you live in the rear view mirror, you can hurt yourself and you can hurt somebody else. But in front of the rear view mirror is a much bigger piece of glass called the windshield. Lord have mercy. And the windshield shows you where you are going. Have you ever noticed that the windshield is much bigger than the rear view mirror? That's because where you are going is a whole lot bigger than where you've been. And don't let yesterday mess up today because it will ruin your tomorrow. Paul says you have to determine to forget what's behind you if you are going to reach ahead to what's in front of you. And this is a word for us today because God has something special ahead of you. But you won't ever reach what's ahead if you keep focusing on what's behind. And therefore, he says, Paul says, you have to forget some stuff. Paul, 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 what, what, what do I need to forget? You got to forget your worries. You got to forget your fears. You got to forget past failures, past relationships, past friendships. You got to forget how much money you used to make. You got to forget how many members you used to have. You got to forget who walked out on you. You got to forget the attacks of your enemies. You got to forget the praises of your friends. You got to forget the accomplishments of your past. You got to forget all the stuff you brag about. You got to forget it because as long as you are looking back, you cannot move forward. So Paul says, Paul says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He, he says, he says, I got to leave behind what's behind. That's, that's the negative, but there's also a positive in the text. He says, I got to leave behind what's behind, but then I got to reach forward to what's ahead. Lord have mercy. He says, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. That, that phrase, reaching forward, it means to stretch out or to outstretch. 
The idea here is to stretch out or extend the arms in order to touch or grab something. And this leads me to our final point on today. If you are going to keep pushing, not only must you be have a humble evaluation, not only must there be a holy determination, but thirdly and finally, there must be a heavenly aspiration. A heavenly aspiration. Verse, verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He, he says, he says, I press. Two times in this passage, Paul says, I press. In verse 12, he said, I press on. Here in verse 14, he says, I press toward. That, that, that word press means to run. It means to flee. It means to catch a person or a thing. It's the picture of a sprinter running a, a race. The idea is that he is running swiftly in a forward progression after something like, like a runner pressing on to the finish line. Picture, if you will, the runner widening his stride, pumping his arms and accelerating his legs and pushing out his chest for the finish line. This is what Paul means when he says, I press. Note here, if you will, this phrase, I press, is in the present tense and is in the active voice, which means that this is not just a one-time thing. No, when Paul says, I press, he's saying, I'm always pressing. I'm continuously pressing. I'm, I'm pressing when things are good, and I'm pressing when things are not so good. I, I'm not just pressing on Sunday, but I'm pressing every day of my life. Even when there is a strain on my spiritual muscles, even when the cracks come, even when the fatigue comes even when I run into hurdles. Paul says, I press. I'm, I'm not slowing down. I'm not going to let anything turn me around. He says, I, I press. I press. I press toward the goal. Older translations render this the mark. It means a target. But Paul says, Paul says, I'm not just pressing just to press, but I'm pressing toward something. I'm, I'm pressing toward a target. I'm, I'm bearing down toward a goal. And in other words, in other words, my, my eyes are fixed on something and I'm in an all-out pursuit, pressing my way to reach it. What are what a, what a Paul's eyes focused on? His, his eyes are focused on the finish line. His, his eyes are, are fixed on the finish line. Paul's fixed focus on the finish line gave him the motivation he needed to press on. His focus is fixed on the finish line because at the finish line is where the prize is. He, he says, I press Toward the goal for the prize. 
with any race, the prize is received at the end of the race, not during the race. This, this, this prize is what motivates athletes to press on to the finish. Uh, let, let, let me see if I can help you. Reggie, Reggie Jackson, he, he was a baseball player known as Mr. October. He got his nickname because he was known to shine when the team played in the postseason playoffs. When Reggie would come up to bat, you knew that the ball was going over the fence. And Reggie Jackson said once in an interview that he lived for the postseason because the postseason is where the prize is. But in order for Reggie to get to the postseason, he had to go through the regular season. And his secret to shining in the regular season was to keep his eye on the postseason, was to keep his eye on October. And the closer he got to October, the more he would begin to shine because the postseason is where the prize is. Now, in a higher and holier way, that's what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, I'm in a full-out pursuit for the finish line because that's where the prize is. That's, that's what I'm aiming for. What's, what's, what's this goal? What is, what is this prize that, that Paul is talking about? Now, I don't want us to get it twisted here because Paul was not focused on an earthly prize. No, his prize was greater than anything the world could offer him. So the question is, what is, what is this prize? It's right here in verse 14. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Now, now this goal is the full and complete gaining of Christ for whose sake everything has been counted lost. For Paul, the greatest reward for him was to know Christ fully and to experience a perfect fellowship with him. That's why he said it in verses 10 and 11 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering becoming like him in his death. And by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So, so the goal is the full knowledge of Christ and the full not likeness of him. But Paul understands that we will never fully reach this goal in this lifetime. So he presses toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This, this upward call refers also to the fact that he will one day be pulled up to God in heaven. And this is when Paul will receive this, this prize. And when Paul receives this upward call, he won't be found sitting down. No, he will be sprinting full speed to the finish line. I'm through. I'm through, but I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward brown. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane that I have.
Thank you for listening to the Renewing Your Mind podcast. We pray that today's message was an encouragement unto you. Until next time, be encouraged.